This is the OK Outcast Podcast, your home for Oklahoma political intrigue and insight. Hello and welcome everybody to another edition of OK Outcast Podcast. This is your host, Brittany. I'm here today with my co-host, Chris. How are you doing today, Chris? Hey, I'm doing all right, despite some technical difficulties that we experienced there during our first recording. Uh, It turns out that going from Minnesota to Oklahoma, back and forth via Zoom on the podcast, doesn't exactly work out, which is real argument point for broadband internet. Because if you want to hear a podcast where Brittany and I don't sound like we're talking over two starships that are about to crash into each other uh then yeah let's let's go ahead and get some broadband going up in here hey it probably doesn't help that i you know live off grid and uh my connection isn't always perfect um but i'm working on it and hopefully it will be better in the future so um if you've so noticed in we, any previous episode, um, where sometimes I'll cut out, that is why. Yes, uh, Brittany has shitty internet. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, buy an air fryer if, or use your air fryer more. Break that appliance out of the kitchen. Just take it out. Whatever shelf you have it living in, in some cupboard. And throw a steak into that air fryer. Cook it for 10 to 12 minutes at 400 degrees. Coated in oil and salt and pepper, a little Greek seasoning. It's perfecto. And and which right? cut of steak specifically are we talking here? Okay, well, I think this is theory here. It would work on any cut of steak from ribeye this would have been a filet mignon without bone i love a filet um, yeah and delicious i you know velvety i would wish i could have been there to enjoy that with you (laughs) well you are in the frozen north whereas i am in the desert heat air frying steaks but i strongly recommend it to all of our listeners it, it was hot here yesterday. Uh, it was like 91 degrees with like 80% humidity. So <laughs> uh, we're trying to work through this on the second time, folks. Our second times are never our greatest takes, but we're going to power through because that's what we do. We that's are powering through do. for you. <laughs> that's absolutely it. Um, hey, so... You want to talk about U.S. politics, uh, you know, what happened in Kansas? You want to talk about what's going on with Riley's rule? What do you What do you feel like talking about first? Well, I think we should probably open up with Kansas as we're recording today on uh, Wednesday, August 3rd. Um, last night, the voters of Kansas rejected a constitutional amendment that would have removed abortion rights from their state constitution. And they rejected it by a very wide margin of about 
Uh, around 58% voted no to the about 42% who voted yes. Um, and this was in spite of a lot of dirty tricks. Uh, the, the amendment was put on to the primary ballot rather than the general election ballot uh, because oftentimes Democratic turnout in Kansas is much lower in their primaries because like Oklahoma, they don't have a whole lot of competitive Democratic primaries. And then to top it all off, on Monday, the crowd that was trying to do away with abortion rights sent out a text message to voters in Kansas saying that to protect, uh, to protect women's rights, you should vote yes for this constitutional amendment. Um, so they tried to do a little misinformation out there on top of it all. Uh, but the voters were not fooled. And they came out in a large margin to vote against stripping abortion rights from Kansans. And I think that was a, a really great result for people who care about reproductive freedom and bodily autonomy. I have two words for that particular election. And those words are, fuck yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah, Kansas. What's uh, the matter with Kansas? Nothing today. <laughs> Very true. But luckily here in Oklahoma, we are as pure as the non-carbon filtrated snow. And luckily, HB 1775, it's alive. Come on. Let's talk about some O'Reilly's rule from 2021. Alive and in the news. Um... Let's discuss HB 1775, which was touted by uh, Governor Stitt and Secretary of Education Walters to be a ban on critical race theory, even though the words critical race theory appear nowhere in the bill. It's, it's actually a pretty small bill. It's only, you know, about two and a half pages long. Um... And it basically says that no teacher, administrator, or other employee of a school district shall require or make part of a course the following concepts. One race or sex is superior to another race or sex. An individual, by virtue of his or her sex, is inherently racist, sexist, or oppressive, whether consciously or unconsciously. An individual should be discriminated against or receive adverse treatment because of his or her sex. Members of one race or sex cannot and should not attempt to treat others without respect to race or sex. An individual's moral character is necessarily determined by his or her race or sex. It's very vague and basically empowers uh, the uh, teachers and parents and students at a school to be able to make complaints about a school if they feel any teacher's lesson made them feel bad because of their race or sex. Um, that is accurate. And what's interesting is, for all of y'all that don't know, this is kind of used off a shell bill. Now, this wasn't a shell bill specifically, because a shell bill would simply say this is an act regarding education and name the title. That's not in vogue anymore. What's in vogue is you write a bill that you completely do not intend to pass, so hand it off to another legislator that will, in fact, use that same title 
into a committee substitute, a swift move in the legislature that no one can quite keep track of. Because you, you, you look at the bills as they come out, as we can see them on a certain date, turned it from one thing, which involved EMTs and police, into something completely different. And I think that's important to note. And that's why it's so difficult to keep track of legislation. Like, Yeah, uh, they, they, they intentionally make it hard to fight back against these kind of ridiculous bills by by pulling these tricks where they, you know, just substitute in the language to a completely different bill. So if you went at the beginning of session and set up your tracking to follow, you know, another bill, you know, suddenly this language gets substituted in its place. And, you know, if you're not paying attention every minute of every day to the legislature, you're not going to know that even happened necessarily, and you, you won't get updated on it, on your tracking, because you will have been following a completely different bill. Wait, are, are you implying that not every Oklahoman or anybody in the United States follows sundown? Yeah, I, I would assume most people don't. <laughs> even lobbyists can't be that on the ball all the time. There's a whole lot going on every session, and, you know... It, I will it, attest to that. It's it's very tricky. Um, it's dirty pool that they play. And then they did this with an emergency clause. It being immediately necessary for the preservation of the public peace, health, or safety. An emergency is hereby declared to exist. By reason whereof, this shall take effect and be in full force from and after its passage and approval. So basically saying... As soon Bernie, as the governor is... signs this, this emergency in our schools will be handled. That, well, that's not exactly how it works. But uh, essentially, it makes it go into effect faster. And what you just read out loud was boilerplate language. Oh, absolutely. It's used in every, uh, so it sounds very dramatic when Brittany just said it, <laughs> but honestly, it's just boilerplate from top to bottom is. But the, the, I, go... the idea that our schools were facing an emergency is why I read it so dramatically, because I don't think there was a massive emergency <laughs> of people being taught that one race or sex was inherently better than the other in public schools. <laughs> Brit Brittany Novotny, did you not know that people played a game instructed by a teacher in Mustang that allowed the teacher to say the people that were more privileged got to take certain steps that the underprivileged kids did not get to state uh, just because, you know, they had different circumstances. And that made some people feel sad. Yes, the the protect white fragility from the fuck your feelings crowd is uh, is very on brand here. <laughs> uh, and now this isn't just from a student, Baron Mustang, who felt fragility because he was forced to participate in the game. This also comes from a teacher who has a prayer wall. In Tulsa. From House District 77 pointed out, let us not forget that the teacher making the accusation against Tulsa public schools is herself under investigation for telling a child they would, quote, go to hell when they attempted to add a non-Christian prayer to her classroom prayer wall. 
So, you know, no, no politics going on here. Certainly, you know, this, this certainly isn't some attempt by far right extremists to, to control our public schools, is it? No, absolutely not. It's just the far right extremists doing whatever the fuck they want and saying whatever the fuck they want. But in well, Representative Waldron uh, goes on in that thread to point out that this kind of bill, while you know, based on this you know hype about critical race theory, is actually being used by the politicians, uh, specifically Stitt and Walters, get their voucher bill passed next session because uh, to their to their not liking the uh, a combination of urban and rural districts. Uh, got their representatives to vote against the voucher bill, and um, you know they still want to want to defund public schools and instead get that money to private schools. And so this was really an attempt to use this bill to foster more negativity towards the public schools in Oklahoma. So, as a closing note on this already beaten horse, how would you view? the general counsel's response from the Tulsa general counsel from the Mustang general counsel. Oh, wow. Yeah, this is a great point. Um, I read the, the responses from both districts and I was really struck by how the Tulsa public school district, where I'm sure, you know, superintendent Deborah Gist, but she and the district were much more forceful about, how ridiculous this vague law even is and how they are a very diverse district that has to be able to, you know, teach their diverse student body a lot of different things. Whereas the Mustang response was very much like, oh, dear Governor Stitt and Secretary Walters, we're so, so sorry that we had any lesson that violated this, but we're trying to handle it on our own please don't hurt us and punish us because of this one incident. We will lick your boots. Well, before we move swiftly on, it's worth circling back to this bill, Riley's Rule, is about white people being sad. And I'm sad sometimes. Have you ever, you know, had a little bit of damage happen to your car when you hit said a raccoon? Yeah, that made me sad. <laughs> Sad for the raccoon and for my front bumper. <laughs> so, yeah, we were sad. You didn't seem to want to enact legislation that was anti-raccoon, um, or raccoon, as we were supposed to say here in Oklahoma, but moved on. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really something else. And, you know, it, I think this bill, HB 1775, is just going to cause a lot of unnecessary litigation, and it's going to be a drain on public resources. Also, you know, some people at the top who want to funnel more can, you know, keep trying to undermine public education. And I hope that the voters of Oklahoma start waking up to this. Um, but we'll see. We will indeed. We could talk epic after this, but that's for an entirely different day. But sufficient to say this bill is as vague as Donald Trump endorsing Eric. That's <laughs> about how vague this I gets. I wholeheartedly yeah. endorse Eric in the Missouri Senate primary. 
Well, which Eric? Eric Schmidt or Eric hey. Greitens? <laughs> I said Eric. Eric. <laughs> and his candidate won because he is a masterful political genius. Um, I, I have a question a num- for you because there is some, some debate on Twitter on this. Some people were using it as an example of Trump being a bumbling idiot. And that's how politics works. If you're Donald Trump, is it's paramutual betting. You bet a horse that might make you a fucking rich, and you bet on another horse that'll break you even. And that's exactly the strategy here. It's uh, it's a box exacta. Yeah, for sure. I I definitely saw it as that. Um still you know that it's also it's funny because it it like really shows that they have they despise their own voters that they think their voters are that stupid you know to (laughs) you know you can say what you want about you know people saying liberals think people are dumb but you know i would say definitely the leadership of the trumpists also thinks their voters are dumb and take advantage of it in my experience, and I have a lot of it working with folks in campaigns, a lot of them assume people are dumb. And to be fair, a lot of people are, but uh, a lot of people aren't. They as, can pick up on things. As we saw in Kansas, you know, voters saw through all the games and, you know, made their voice heard anyway. The crowd there is always interested in what i have to say they don't always understand things they don't understand really the legislature or state agencies or things uh and the key is when i talk to these folks you know just kind of educate them a little bit not like you're so stupid it's like okay well legislature is like tiny congress and is your cat making too much noise walking around all the time? Think there's nothing you can do about it? You're so stupid. <laughs> Sorry, that's, uh, for those who don't know, that's a reference to It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and a funny commercial made by Charlie about kitten mittens. And I think that's just one of the greatest sales pitches I've ever heard. You're so stupid. (laughs) It's it's a pretty good pitch. Uh, Uh, We need to give it a treatment. Um, But yeah, uh, there's so much more we could talk about. Nancy Pelosi, uh, you know, touching down and then lifting off. in an area of the Chinese country that doesn't exist, I, I'm still unfamiliar with. So that. yeah, so let's bri- let let me briefly touch on this. This is something I'm familiar with as being our world and U.S. politics person here. Uh, Nancy Pelosi took a congressional delegation trip to Taiwan, which, for those who don't know, Taiwan is where the previous capitalist government of china went to um 
the the previous capitalist government of China after the uh, Communist Party took over on mainland China, they escaped to the island of Taiwan and continued their government there. Uh, the People's Republic of China has always tried to claim that Taiwan is still part of their China, and the U.S. government for the last 40-some years has made clear that you know, we support Taiwan's right to independence and right to exist. And, you know, the the People's Republic of China has has had issues with that, but we've continued to to work with them diplomatically as well. Um, but lately, uh, Xi Jinping, the the president of the PRC, has been making overtures towards uh, that he's going to try to reunify Taiwan. That's hey, by... They flipped up. They flipped us off too. They did. They sent you know about twenty some uh, military jets flew right around Taiwanese airspace as the congressional delegation was landing, but no shots were fired. Uh, no war was started. Um, but I I'm glad that Pelosi. It was went. some severe. Oh come on! It was some severe saber rattling. Absolutely, it's it's just saber rattling. China's trying to look tough, but the reality is China's facing its own internal crises. There are currently um, protests in China, where uh, hundreds of thousands of Chinese people have quit paying their mortgages to protest the government's actions and um, the way they've handled their own people. And there are some pro-democracy rallies still ongoing in Hong Kong. And so China really is just trying to look tough to try to quell their own internal dissent. I hope you're right, because I view things slightly differently. Uh, they will throw their people at us out off catapults if necessary just well um, that, that still may happen i just didn't think that now would be the time for that to happen um i think um brazil you think they're gonna use trebuchets instead brazil russia india china and south africa formed something called the BRICS block uh kind of a competitor to the imf and world bank and China specifically has been pushing this Belt and Road Initiative, where they've been building infrastructure all around yeah, Asia uh, and Africa. Uh, the fucking spy initiative. <laughs> yes. But they've been uh. building a bunch of infrastructure around Asia and Africa and basically trying to compete with the West and and show that they can be a world power as well. But, you know, they're now running into issues of, you know, overspending and not being able to, you know, bring the money back in that they've spent out. So, um, will this turn into an eventual world so war? So, if you have, if you like talk, throw your phone in a lake, river, or ocean, whatever body of water is nearest to you. Get a new phone. Don't download TikTok because it is a spy device that you use on yourself for the Chinese government. It is known. It is known. That is absolutely correct. I do not have TikTok on any device, and I also highly suggest that. Get it off your devices. If you had it on your device, it's probably time to trade it in for a new one. 
Do not download it. Every company in China is owned by the Chinese government, and they are absolutely using TikTok to, you know, help propel divisions in America and um, to spy on Americans and figure out how best to use our own thoughts and feelings against us. One of the few things that the Cheeto in chief got right at the time. For sure. Yeah, I, I just, I, I, I mean, you know, they say a clock is uh, correct twice a day. A stop a clock. clock, yes. Uh, yes, but sometimes clocks move slower. So it's not once a day. It's just once in a while. You never know. For sure. But uh, so let's on, end on a happier note because I'm getting a notification via Zoom that we are nearing the end of our dear podcast. So let's end on something happier. Yeah, I I, I don't know. Swords on missiles. That's this. Uh, I think I'll have to attribute this to Trevor Noah. It's like they were listening to like playground in middle school and like yeah well i have an idea for a missile that has swords and laser tracking and it will you know cut your head off <laughs> um, you know it's just it's a an insane thing i didn't know existed i think a lot of people didn't know existed and brought to yeah. you by raytheon Raytheon, <laughs> killing terrorists for Americans. <laughs> for a price. Uh, yeah, Stark Industries would be proud. Well, that what do you be... got planned for this weekend, Chris? Um, I'm not quite sure yet. Probably some cleanup. It's going to be hard to top the meal from uh, this last Sunday, but I'm going to watch on it. Are you, are you going to take my advice and watch uh, the Fargo television series finally? I think I'm going to have to under contract. So, <laughs> yes, I, I will. Um, and you've been watching Alpha House, which you kind of only enjoy a little bit. It's, it's okay. It's not, it's not among my favorites yet, but I'm giving it a chance. And, you know, it's definitely got its moments. And uh, I'm interested to see what season two will bring me. I don't know that either of us will be able to make good on on not using some cuss words, because we fucking love to cuss. It's, Let's just be real. Yeah, we fucking do. <laughs> uh, so, no shit. Uh, but yeah, I think we can make an entire episode without cussing. I want to hear from our viewers, and I say viewers, listeners, and. If you would like to kind of get more content, because we'd like to give you more content, let us know on our Facebook page, which we have now. Let us know on our Twitter feed, whatever you want to do. Let us know however you want. Smoke signals, I don't care. <laughs> uh, the, the key is, do you want to pay for more content? And if you do, we'll do more. But um, if you don't, then we won't. Yeah. Absolutely. We are looking to set up a patron program here very soon uh, that will give listeners a chance to, to pay a small amount per month to subscribe and get some bonus content. May include some kind of, you know, a, a, week, a weekly newsletter uh, in your email with some extra info, 
maybe some extra bonus episodes and bonus content. So let us know if you'd be interested, and uh, we're going to be getting that going real soon. Absolutely. Well, well, Brittany, I wish you luck. Thank you. Um, I'll be closing on some land in northern Minnesota this weekend and uh, getting up there and getting the homestead you... put together. Well, I hope it uh, it all comes together and the pen, you know, double clicks, bring a backup pen. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the, the mission of Brittany is to live in a completely different way than I live here in OKC because we are so different. Just as every member of our audience is different. So, Brittany, with that, I'm afraid we're going to have to shut down. OK Outcasts has been a production of Masterman Strategies. Uh, listen again next week. We'll have a lot more to talk about. Might even talk a little bit about the Minnesota primary that'll be next Tuesday. And uh, we'll fill you in on some some differences and similarities between how Minnesota runs elections and how Oklahoma does it. So listen in for that next week. 